Hello, reanimated fans. This is the episode 290 of Reanimated, the podcast about all things zombie, undead, vampire, gross, uh, and others, various and sultry, potpourri, other topics. My name is Stuart. I'm coming at you from the Pacific time zone, and joining us from the Atlantic is the inimitable H.A. Conrad. Hello. Hello, hello. What so, is new with you? Well, we had to take a slight hiatus last week just due to some work stuff. But uh, so, but what that means is that we got a couple of little news tidbits, but we're going to be talking about two episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, and I have to say, after watching them, I'm kind of happy that we are combining them. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but we'll be discussing The Holding and In Dreams. And, um, but ahead of that, we got a couple of little news items. Um, just wanted to throw out there, um, not going to get too far into the weeds with this, but, uh, in terms of COVID stuff, New York seems to be opening up like really quickly, um, in somewhat of a, uh, nail biting kind of a way. Um, they announced that restaurants are going to be open 75% for inside dining. Um, people are out in the streets. There's still a lot of outdoor dining and things like that. Um, and I think it really, again, depends on what part of the city you're in. And I had, uh, the, I don't know, like last weekend, uh, spent some time on the Lower East Side where it's as if nothing has ever happened, though still some mask wearing, but not as much as my neighborhood. So I think it really does vary by neighborhood, what people are doing still here in the slope. People are wearing a lot of masks, being pretty cautious, um, about that particular issue, even though, um, it has now come out, um, in terms of, they're basically saying, you know, if you're outside, it's fine. If you don't have masks on, um, as long as you're not in crowded areas. Um, but people still seem to be staying pretty, pretty adamant about the mask thing. Um, so, so that's where we are here. Where are you there? Uh, we're, yeah, like my, my lifestyle hasn't changed all that much. We've, we've been going, we went out, we've been socializing a little bit more. Um, now that I'm, me and my neighbors on either side are all vaccinated, you know, it's like we can have a glass of wine in the backyard again and feel completely fine with that. Whereas before, even if, even if we were all outside and six feet apart, it was awkward and weird. And now we can just sit around a table and not feel weird about it at all. So that's, yeah. that's how, honestly, it's been just like a real return yeah. to feeling normal about socializing in a smart way. Um, the, the headlines that I'm seeing that are troubling to me and understandably um, are more children. Mm-hmm. Uh, infection rates are going up among kids and they like that they're higher than they were this time last year. And Colorado apparently had some sort of like fairly weird spike in kid infections. And so, and you know, uh, Pfizer is set to uh, open it up to 12 and over probably next week. That's great. Yep. Uh, but what about those, you know, two and overs? And I think we have, I've heard a rumor that it was September's maybe in the works. Um, it's just, you know, we're still, we still got a ways to go and, and we've got a very vulnerable population still out there. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of troubling pieces of information with that. One, I think that because people are socializing and I, I look, it's not impossible to spread it if you're vaccinated and if your kids aren't vaccinated, then that's probably part of where this is coming from. Though in Colorado, I think the vaccination rates are not as high. So I also think that some of the opening up that has been happening has also allowed some people who are not getting vaccinated and who don't think that there needs to be caution. Um, they're out they're probably socializing just as much. Um, so um, I do. I don't think it's shocking that kids. That's the population going up since they're not vaccinated, right? Um, but uh, I'm not a scientist, so definitely this is not. This is just a an observation and yeah. in, in my own opinion, not anybody else's. Um, but that's my guess. Um, there's also you know variants out there that are probably going to go. And every single um, company that's putting out vaccinations basically says there's going to be have have to be boosters pretty sooner rather than later. Um, but I do think that it's good that kids 12 and over over can be. And I hear you because it's like September is a long time to wait for younger kids to be vaccinated. But I think they're also being cautious about the trials and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I really hope um, that it doesn't continue to spike for the younger population. Um But I also, you know, look, we have had very high vaccination rates in New York, but we're still asking people if you've been vaccinated, if you're double, like if you've gotten both shots, if you're past the two week point, um, even amongst our our friends and circle of friends, because it was sort of like, um, you know, we opened up 
in terms of them opening up the vaccinations to different age groups, it was pretty fast here, but people are still in the process of doing that. So you kind of don't want to jump the gun, right? And, and put anybody at risk. Um, but yeah, we'll have to just see what happens. Um, and then in other parts of the world, it's not so great. I mean, India continues to be terrible, um, and it just seems to get worse every day, unfortunately. So we also have to watch that because that part, because it's so, such a massive population of people spreading it, um, the variant issue is a big issue, like the mutation issue, because that's the concern is that somehow it's going to make a, like I have a sort of a circle around the... Um, um, the, the current vaccinations, but hopefully, but so far, I mean, I don't know if you saw the, the news uh, this week, but, um, Moderna and Pfizer both, you know, basically saw that even with the variants that they knew about and, and things that were later than when they tested, um, the vaccinations protect against, um, severe cases and hospitalization, which is very good news. Um, so hopefully that will continue. Yeah, um, that's been that's been uh, our local experience, too, with like we had something like, I don't know, 70 breakthrough cases, um, but none of them required hospitalization. Right. So uh, even though th that's, you know, breakthrough is one of the terms that you use for folks who get mm -hmm. COVID after being vaccinated and uh, their results have been so far much better. Good. However, in non COVID news, we only have a couple tidbits of news today, um, one of which which was an article based on a Jeffrey Dean Morgan interview, which I found to be fascinating. Me too, right? Uh, <laughs> first the, of all, first of is, all, first of the all, the job, the job that Jeffrey Dean Morgan took that almost got him to quit Hollywood altogether. Um, one of the things that I was just, you know, fascinated by uh, with this article was also that I guess I didn't realize he was in so many of these other like I knew he was in Supernatural. I guess I forgot that he was an angel. I don't recall him from that. So I'm going to have to go back and see what he was in that show. Um, but the the. The acting job he took, which was basically to pay the bills, was as an alien doctor on uh, Star Trek Enterprise. And yeah, the Scott Bakula yep. star, uh, Star Trek. Yep, and um, I vaguely remember this. I don't really, I didn't really, I don't know that I followed this as much as others, but. Um, I did not watch. I, I've tried to watch this show <laughs> since, like when it's now that it's on streaming, and I still am just like, uh, there, I don't really have it in me. There were some good parts of it but unfortunately for that show they got kind of steeped in the whole writer strike and it, you could tell like they kind of tried to reinvent it several times and so it lost its way but there were some really there were some good characters and good moments in there um but uh, but in any case apparently the prosthetics and the the um the makeup process for this um really um really just caused him to almost like come home or not almost like apparently he was coming home in tears and whatever. And, you know, I do hear that. Um, and if you're already sort of like, um, I don't know, it's like not psyched about doing a job. I can imagine that this might've been a demoralizing, uh, um, I, yeah. situation. I don't know. It was kind of, what did you so think I, about it? I scrubbed through this episode. I think it's on Netflix. So I scrubbed through to find like what scenes he was in in the prosthetics and to see if there was anything of him not in prosthetics just because it was Star Trek and maybe they had a scene of him like in disguise as a human because it's set. It's like a time travel episode also. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I, I vaguely remember this, but I didn't realize it was him in it, I suppose. Yeah. So and, and there are scenes of him and I think there's one or two other aliens too in this getup, but he has... Yeah, it's like definitely a very a small minority of the episode. Most of it is a la Star Trek in a time travel episode where they're just like dressed as humans of the uh, 20th century, you know, wandering around. And then uh, here and there, these these crazy aliens. And it is a, a, a significant prosthetic costume. Yeah. But he talks about tubes up his nose and the discomfort of the prosthetics, like you said. Um, it's just <laughs> I feel I feel bad for him, but it's also. And I know that uh, the dude who played Gimli in Lord of the Rings also had a really yep. negative reaction to his prosthetics. Like his face got like he had like a, an inflammation, I feel. Yeah, like, well, on... he was uh, he was allergic to latex and some other stuff, yeah. apparently, which which Jeez. caused this issue. So I could imagine. And I mean, look, when you have something that this that is this major, um, it, I can see how this could be feel like totally claustrophobic and whatever. And if you're not, if you kind of already took this, you know, cause you needed to, and then I don't know, I like, 
and and I think if I recall correctly, this character had a significant amount of like screen time, but still like Not probably really. in, uh, like he had a story arc where, but but then to have to spend that much time in the makeup chair and then yeah. you yeah. know. I mean, from, I from watching the episode or going back and looking at it, it was like maybe he was on screen for five minutes. Mm. But one of those is an action scene. And he does have like a, a back and forth with Scott Bakula. I just, you know, like Jeffrey Dean Morgan is is a handsome guy, right? Yeah, like, yeah, isn't yeah. that his, that's his cachet that's in his Hollywood thing. now. Yep. And he had to cover up the moneymaker to put things up his nose. I'm yeah, sure it was yeah. a lot about that too. But he was probably so not. So I'm excited. glad he didn't quit acting because, you know, he's been good as Negan, even though the story around that has kind of sucked at times. Yeah, agreed. Um, but in any case, very happy he, he stuck it out and that Star Trek didn't put him off acting forever. So that's a positive thing. Um, and then next up, uh, there is apparently of uh, some movement on the last chapter of George Romero's, um, you know, his, his of the dead films his, with his widow. Just say it, H.A. Say it. What is it? It's called the, uh, the what? The you Twilight. don't want to call it a sextology? No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's going to be called Twilight of the Dead. And yeah. it's be- his um, widow is at the helm, Suzanne. And so looks like it's it's kind of moving forward. So we'll have to see what, what that brings. Um, but, um, mm. you know, I know you put that in there just so I would have to say it. And I wasn't going to. Yeah, I actually <laughs> looked up the word for what is a, what is a six-peat. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Sextology. Pretty great. Yeah, I'm I'm extremely skeptical about this project because we've oh, already yeah. heard about his daughter was doing something. Mm-hmm. His son has his own thing where he's a comic book writer who might, I don't know if he dabbles also in film. But and now the widow, it just feels it starts yeah, to feel a little bit like a, a cash grab. It does feel like a cash grab. And, you know, who knows? I don't want to be negative about it because I do think that maybe there is an idea that you're just going to finish this out. But is that really necessary? Probably not. Um, but Anyway, we'll have to see what comes. We could be wrong, and maybe there's some people involved, and it looks like there's some interesting people involved, so maybe it'll be better than we think. Um, maybe. So I reserve judgment. Nothing can be as bad as Toilet Zombie or whatever that was that we watched. Zombie Ass. Zombie um, Ass, I'm still yeah. using that as the worst film ever. That was the lowest point. But it was we, the we've lowest We've had a point. few other low points, too. Um, but um, um, but let's, uh, let's move on to talk about... Fear the Walking Dead, and so season yeah. six, episode eleven, The Holding, uh, directed by Casey Cowell and written by Channing Powell, and this came out on May second. And honestly, my overall is this was a good episode. This was I was like after the remember where we left off. It was that stupid uh, Virginia episode. Yep. Right? yep. Yep. This this was the change of direction that I wanted. Um, because at the end of the Virginia's death episode, Wes and Lucy were going off to join up with Al and Alicia, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they are the four heroes uh, featured in this episode. And I was very excited to see more of Wes and Lucy. And we do get more of Wes and Lucy in this in this episode. Um, and so I was um, and I still am. I'm I'm very bullish on this episode. I feel like this was a success. It was a good story and it worked for the most part. And it introduced it, it fleshed out this faction, this new faction better. Um, I couldn't tell whether it was a good episode or it was just so much better than the last one that it made <laughs> it seem better. But agree with you. Like we've been kind of wanting to know what this faction is. They've been kind of putting out hints with, you know, hints with them we've seen you know the stuff with morgan when he was battling with those two guys about the key um and so you know and obviously with getting rid of virginia they need to have some conflict or some enemy so i was hoping they would at least get to this point um at some you know you know at some possible part of their timeline um so that was kind of cool it felt a little bit disjointed like suddenly they were there but i kind of liked that um but um the one thing i will say once again um even though this is a pretty much a west-centered episode there's a lot of west in this there's still not enough of him and enough of him being highlighted that you know i i don't know i was really and and we have a little bit of um luciana in there too um but given that this is sort of centered around Wes's story, I guess I just wanted a little bit more from him and a little bit like 
like he's definitely the hero in this, but but part of me oh, just I don't know. Alicia has the hero moment. She is the hero moment. So that was it. It troubled me a little bit just because um, Wes is had to do the hardest thing in this episode, and For there was sure. and there were some interesting things about that in this episode. Um, just sort of. Um, a character having to face what the reality is versus what he thought it was, which I think was kind of interesting. Um, but basically, this is one of those moments where, again, it it's a little bit like um, Lost, where you see like the opener is of this organization slash um, group of people, uh, settlement, whatever you want to call it. These are the people that have been underground. These are the people that have been sabotaging Virginia's um, you know, the, the tank town and, um, other things and basically trying to infiltrate and take down Virginia's settlements. Um, and we haven't really known that much about them at all other than that. Um, almost to the point where is it real that they're doing it? Is it like a big thing? And this indeed shows that it's an organized group of people doing this. And not only are they organized, but they seem to be thriving underground. They've got hydroponics set up. They've got omelet stations. Um, They've got chickens. They've got, you know, and it seems as if things are pretty, living is pretty good down here, other than the fact that they don't really have sunlight. Um, And at least it appears that they are in harmony with each other. Though it definitely, without question, has a very culty feel because you've got the propaganda being over this loudspeaker at all times. It's a constant in this episode of Teddy uh, talking about his purview of life and how everybody is going to eventually see this. Um, this emphasis on can you how do you can you see it or like yeah. what do you see? And I just want to see like Teddy, and uh, I frankly never. I don't feel like I've ever come to understand what they see or what what the right answer is to stare at this zombie and tell me what you see. Right. Um, I, I'm pretty much with all the others uh, on on that. And uh, their uh, their introduction is is um, there's something very transparent about what they're there to do, though. That I it doesn't feel like this this cult group really is is uh, savvy enough because. They literally are like standing in the middle of the of the room at several junctures, just like conspiring. Yep. <laughs> it feels a little so that part does I feel like fall a little flat because you're like, all right, this is a very uh, this group is like they're manipulating other settlements. They've they are doing the thing actively that Alicia, Al, Wes, and Lucy are there to do to them in a way, mm-hmm. except they are more destructive and then they really and our heroes are on a more of a recon mission. Uh, but they're looking for weaknesses. I mean, well, right, which... and our people are not exactly subtle about the fact that they're doing this. And mm-hmm. sound carries a lot, and so mm-hmm. like they do some of these things like not very stealthily. So agree with you. This was kind of a weird thing, um, and you know, I also think that the other part of this, although they've seen Virginia settlements running pretty well, people have food, people have clothing. And there is somewhat of a harmony going on, and maybe that's why it's not so shocking. But to come upon this settlement that has been sort of doing these destructive things and see that it's, um, well, culty, but also seems to be harmonious, I think had to be a bit jarring. Um, And look at what Morgan is trying to build, something a little different and something, you know, so so it's got to be a little bit hard to sort of wrap your head around that, even though you know that this group of people has been doing these destructive things or you're trying to figure that out or figure out why. Um, and again, it, it's I think it is putting that question about, you know, and we've seen this even with like Negan's leadership with other like all these different quote unquote civilizations or groups of people. Um, all of them have to kind of um, rally around one sort of centralized idea of what they're going to be. And so I do think that there is that weird question like, well, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy, right? Um, so here's a question about their their MO. They're, they're trying to find this key. And unfortunately, this was that spoiler in that article that I don't – and I've seen other people talk about it quite openly. And I don't know that this was ever described – divulged in the story. But in theory – 
this key is for a nuclear submarine. Yeah, right? which I knew it would probably, I did not read the spoiler, but I assumed that it has to, if it's something that's going to be that big, I assumed it was going to have to be for some atomic something or other. I thought maybe, like, I thought maybe a, um, you know, power station or something. So. And so this is their end game, uh, but they've been after this key to this submarine. Like, like the key, I don't know what the key is actually going to do, if it's like opens the hatch or if it's something they need to arm something right arm something yeah and and they've been after it since the very first episode of this season when in that opening scene with uh the the bounty hunter and the guy who was running away who had the key originally but also since that scene they have done their other attacks and uh like they've blew up tank town since then so Mm -hmm. they already had their end game literally their nuclear option in play but they were still running these other ops. And I'm, and I'm curious, like, why they feel the need to work so hard to destabilize the area. And that the, the, then the, like, the tagging, the graffiti, what is the point if, if, you're, if your next move is we're going to nuke everything? And I, yeah, I I'm and a little bit confused. I'm, I'm puzzled by that, too. I'm also puzzled by that in because if you are planning – I mean – I guess my thing is, is like, why can't they just kind of leave everybody alone up above ground and just go below ground if that's their end game? Um, they, it doesn't yeah, they, seem nothing like... Nothing can continue unless everything above is gone, is like there is the way that they they eventually describe it. Right, but, but it doesn't... They can't they can't take care of the entire continent or the rest of the world, so I don't know what... like. They're... Well, that's my point, and also, yeah. like, they seem to be, honestly, if they just kind of stayed below ground, I don't know that anybody would bother them. Um, right. you know, it doesn't seem like anybody had infiltrated or known enough about them. It's kind of them that are starting these weird conflicts with other people. And maybe that's the part of the culty part that we're not getting. And that's why it's so crazy yeah. is that there is no need to yeah. do that. And this guy, Teddy is just kind of like doing his crazy megalomaniac thing to have some power thing a power ideal or something. We um, certainly haven't, haven't been around them a huge amount yet to get the total uh story on it and we're you know we have no idea how many of them there are and if there's like more than one i mean you get the impression this is the only uh shelter or whatever right this the holding right right um but you know and so so they come in there it's pretty to me and to you and i think to everybody it's pretty transparent what uh felicia and her group are or alicia and her group are doing and um you know, I think that they would be a lot more cautious about letting them run around. Um, I also think that uh, it's pretty transparent in terms of doing the questioning and all the weird stuff about uh, do you see this and do you see that and inviting them to stay in the underground um, permanently was very hasty. It, It didn't seem to be... Uh, yeah. It didn't seem like it made a ton of sense, uh, but I guess they got to push the storyline along, so we can't do certain things without having them having some freedom. Um, and then, of course, we've got the big, you know, the big reveal in this, which is that Wes's brother um, is still alive and has been living with them, and not only living with them, but orchestrating and carrying out some of these terrorist uh, attacks against they're against Virginia, but also against other people that they know. Um, and I guess my thing about that whole storyline, I think that um, it was a cool idea to have him be alive. But I think the thing that I found, it there was some puzzles there. Um, one is that I, it feels a little weird that he would just, I know they kind of tried to explain it, like that, you know, Wes had his bike and he got away from him. But then later it's, kind of evident that um that his brother knew that he was uh Derek Derek is it is that who what his name is uh the brother yes 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 um that it would that he knew that Wes was alive and that Wes was in tank town um it's pretty clear to me that he did um and oh yeah so yeah, by that's, the end, that's that's pretty clear that's pretty clear um so so they know that they're associated with Virginia's group Right. And yet they're acting and maybe this is all part of this elaborate ruse and they are actually more savvy than I'm giving them credit for. But it doesn't feel that way. Right. Even though like the only reason they use that information is to make Wes really despise Derek 
to because he was like, oh, I know that my brother's here, but I'm still I'm still going to work to blow up Tanktown. And, he, you know, when Wes has that scene, he's showing him the scar. You don't get the impression that Derek isn't actually appalled by the fact that Wes was in harm's way and almost died. Right. So it's it, it I feel like it's a complicated sort of weave here that they're doing but with Derek and, and his complicit complicity in um, in these you know crimes against people like where he's killing innocents and and trying to blow up civilization uh, and and yet at the same time Riley the other main um, I don't know what we're calling these people and is the beginning like doomsday cult guy is seems quite earnest in trying to get them to stay with them. Right. And I, I mean, I do think that part of this is the whole idea of a cult. I mean, isn't that what we have seen just in terms of like people being uh, sort of brainwashed? And I think, um, I do think that they walked that line pretty well in that in theory, Wes knew that his brother was there, but it was very different from say, seeing the damage that his actions had created, you know? Um, so, and he sort of seemed to shake himself out of the culty, um, thought, or at least it seemed like he had shaken mm, himself yeah. out of it for a minute. Again, although it was more of that back and forth weavy stuff. Like he's, he was actually, I mean, he's actually a double maybe, agent. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he had a moment of, of, uh, contrition, but then was like, what well, Teddy would do, you know, Teddy says I have to be this guy. So we don't, we don't really know. And, and that's probably for the best. <laughs> we don't need to have every single thought, um, you know, expounded on for, for the audience. But you do want to have threads that feel consistent. And there is a, just a lot of back and forth here in terms of yeah, but is Derek, what, what is Derek feeling? And, you know, how, when did he know what he knows? I right. Guess. And I mean, I do like how they give a bit of the background that his art is something that Wes clearly was recognizing, even though yeah. he wasn't quite sure that that's what it was, but it was definitely setting off some, some things with, with Wes and, um, I also think that the other part is is that I do think that there were moments. I do think it's very complicated, um, and I do think that there were moments where Derek was, you know, wanting to go with his brother. But he, look, he's now been sheltered. He was not only rescued by these people, but then sheltered by them and totally brought into their way of thinking. Um, and I do think that that's exactly what they're setting up um, with Alicia towards the end of this episode, um, which is, and it's a little bit. We've heard this theme. Um, repeated multiple times. Um, wait, what was the main culty guy who seems all into it and trying to convince him to stay? I can't remember his name. So. Riley. Riley um, says, basically, I think he says it to, to Al, but basically says, all right, the skeptics and the cynics are who we really like to win over because then they're sort of true believers. And mm -hmm. I think that that's exactly what they're setting up with Alicia um, towards the end of this, where they're going to try to completely brainwash her and bring her over to their way of thinking, um, because there's nothing as uh, strong and powerful as somebody who's completely converted. Um, so, you know, but we've got, we see sort of like the happy, um, sort of nurturing piece of this thing, or at least what they think it is. It's like people eating rhubarb pie together underground, sustaining themselves. They seem to live in harmony together. But then you see like the ugly side of it, which is that anybody who is um, basically coming up against them, they, they freaking embalm and they put in a room and which is like, you know, super creepy because they don't want them to become like real walkers, but they also don't want to like completely kill them. So that's kind of an odd uh, thing, especially since embalming fluid is so flammable. So to me, that's a pretty big hole in their plans. But um, <laughs> yeah. but they turn evil pretty quick. Like you see the evil side pretty quick. Um, I mean, the only positive side of this entire community, the only side of it that seems to be even like functional and productive is literally just food. Yep. That's their whole thing. life is, is we eat and we grow food and we eat it. Yep. And then we grow more food and we eat it and we crush up zombies and we make dirt. And then we eat the food that grows in that dirt. Like, there's nothing else. Right, right. It's not exactly like they've got anything more than that. Um, it's not a, what I would call the best world building. It was, no. It, it, felt, it felt a little shallow. It was a little shallow. And you wanted to see, other than just Teddy sort of expounding sort of your typical culty ideals, which is kind of what he did. It was a bit like, um, you know, a, a circle of life kind of like 
philosophies, just definitely borrowing from a ton of other things. Um, and they build they build up this leader character as you know something. Um, I don't know, so, somebody that you think is going to be totally intimidating and whatever. Um, and it's kind of funny that it ends up being like the dude from Smallville and Gremlins and Scrooge. Oh, and I was thinking it's like the Colonel from Kentucky Fried Chicken. He's he kind of like looked like that too. Um, but affable man who dresses in uh, like herringbone. I don't know. It, it was weird. Yeah. Um, but like, I agree with you. I think they could have done a little bit better to see what these people were about, but it was still nice to see a different community and something a little different than we had been seeing. Yeah. Um, it makes way more sense than Virginia's community. Right. In a way, even though these guys are like a doomsday cult and they don't make sense in a way uh, because they're insane. Uh, at least this community has more of a narrative and a purpose, whereas Virginia's was just like, I don't know. It felt very rudderless to me. So I'm I'm glad that they put a little more effort into this group. Like right from the get go, you're like, yep, these guys have a thing. They are a, they are a certain kind of thing. Whereas Virginia's group always just felt like like this doesn't amorphous. make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and also that it didn't make sense that they would stay together or that it would even work, given yeah. how or many that she would be in charge of them. Right. Right. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, I do like seeing this group work. Uh, like our our heroes, I like seeing them work together. Um, I definitely and I like those scenes with Wes and his me brother. Me too. Like I when, think those when... were super strong. And I again, that's what I mean when I say I'm a little disappointed um, because these, to me, were like incredibly powerful scenes where basically he's having he's having all these feelings in this episode where it's like, oh my gosh, my brother's alive. Um, mm-hmm. To then being like, oh no, my brother's a culty person and he's trying to bring me into the cult and I'm going to try to bring him out. And then to this horrible acceptance that the people that he now surrounds himself with with are people that he has to treat as family and and protect them rather than his brother. And it's a horrible, like, the whole fight scene between them is really rough. Um, It's a really tough scene um, where his brother almost kills him and he realizes his brother is going to kill him. Um, and And he just turns the tables on him and it's just, just gut wrenching. Um... But, um, yeah, uh, I thought it was a little, it was an interesting and yet believable turn that instead of, uh, letting his brother turn into a zombie and then like create chaos in that underground community, which I think would have been kind of like a, maybe a tactically smarter thing to do than Mm -hmm. shooting him after he's died or is dying, uh, alerting that, alerting all the baddies that, that there's something Something happening. He still, you know, manages to get the, get the, you know, the uh, the surprise over on Riley and the other heavies who were in the embalming room just in time to save the the rest of the friends. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, they're they're. I I thought I thought it might have been. I mean, it's his brother. He's not going to let him turn into a zombie. I guess on purpose. That that feels maybe cruel, and I can understand why he didn't do it. Why he why he uh, did the coup de gras. But it would have been. I feel like uh, kind of a Daryl move. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the smarter move to just like. All right, now you go out there, sow chaos, and I'm going to get my buddies out of here um, and going out the way we came in instead of this weird back way that you don't even know exists. Well, I also think that, you know, you got to give him a little bit of slack because this is incredibly emotional. And I think that that's sort of what's feeding his reasoning for doing it. Um, And I don't think he was thinking. I think he just didn't want his brother. I didn't think he wanted that on his shoulders as well, which is on his soul as well, which would have been pretty awful. So I kind of understand that. But agree with you, tactically, it would have made a lot more sense for him to just kind of let his brother become a walker and let him let him loose. Um, And then, you know, we've got um, I do like they they have a like a callback to Luciana when she's talking to us about this and just about how it's easy to become these people and to do these things and that she did them. And he's like, Oh, but my brother wouldn't do that. And it's like, well, no, clearly your brother would and has. And, Mm -hmm. um, but it was kind of interesting. Like 
I was I was like when when they were first sort of about to escape with Derek, I was like, oh my god, are they really gonna trust him and bring him back to where their whole thing is? Because come on, this is not a good idea. So I was very glad that they called it out and that Alicia was like, yeah, we're not we're not doing this. <laughs> so that was and then was clearly right when it turns out that he had betrayed them. Um, so you know it was that at least made me happy that they didn't do a whole thing where you know. He shows up into the Morgan community and, and then suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, I'm still a cult member. So I was glad that they handled that there and then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, and I, I think that, uh, you know, Alicia, they, they build up the whole thing where she's talked about her mom and talked about her mom's sacrifice. And so they build up that whole thing, which I think we all kind of knew was coming at some point. Right. That she's going to try to emulate her mom. Um, so there's, there's that whole thing. And then you think, what do you think, uh, Alicia Debenham Carey dying this season? Maybe. I mean, they seem to be sort of, uh, threading that needle, right? feels a little Could bit be. like it. I mean, it, she's been on the show, uh, since the first season, I think the way it's been going, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she... I know. Maybe she wants something else, which you could understand. Oh, um, so, uh, there's that. Uh, she does have that awesome boss moment, even after everybody else has escaped and she's done her thing. There's the fire. There was so much fire. We couldn't see anything, says the other people yep. after they've left. And then Alicia's just like there and it, the room looks singed, but doesn't seem like that much damage has really even been done. The embalming machine still works, apparently. Yep. Yep. Uh, and she has that cool boss moment, though, where she takes out and kills the uh, embalmer oh, yeah, man, who's a awesome. big dude. And so that was that was pretty boss. And she kills him with the embalmer, which was pretty sweet. I liked yeah. that. I liked how that happened. That was good. That was that was a pretty. But that's that hero moment that Wes is kind of robbed of, even yep. though he has the like, hor- like you said, the horribly emotional, destructive moment. Um, I mean, you know, Cain and Abel style. Oh yeah, bad, totally. Bad juju. Um, but but she gets the moment where she pulls one over on the guy, like the, the David and Goliath moment yeah, yep. she gets. So you go full biblical on this. Uh, and then, yeah, and then she has to face off with uh, the colonel from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not looking forward to the brainwashing part, which I'm assuming is what they're going to do with her. Will she be the Manchurian candidate? Will she be the secretly faking it hero still? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yep. Um, and in the meantime, we're going to have to watch In Dreams. <laughs> yes. Which was a hot garbage episode. And speaking of Star Trek, it was a lot like a holodeck episode. One of my least favorite things from Star Trek The Next Generation, whenever they would do these like, <laughs> yes. oh, let's be in a Dickensian novel for an episode. And this this had a lot of those vibes for me. Um, so I've had this conversation with my sister and a few other people a lot. And I have this has been sort of a general theme with me. I want to hear what you think about it. But in general... Any episode that involves dreaming or dream states and tries to confuse everybody with this the fact that it's a dream and, and all that are things that I truly dislike in every single show I have ever seen. I don't know that I have ever enjoyed a dream state episode. What is your thought and on that? I'm 100% with you. I don't like abstract mixed in with my zombies either. I like practical, and I think that's all, I've been pretty consistent on that. Yeah. So I, but yeah, it, it, across genres, I also tend to dislike this abstract approach where you're like, "Ooh, is it real? Is it not?" Because I, that's just that's frustrating for me, and it, yeah. it, I have no patience for it. Yeah. But in in dreams was directed by Michael Michael Satrazimus, and then written, and you know this is usually a point of trouble. Shambliss Goldberg and yep. Nazrin Chowdhury were all okay. collaborating on so, writing this. So I will admit, when I saw the writing team, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Even before, before yeah, it's done. yeah. I mean, there was some promotional material where you see Morgan wearing that ridiculous white wig because mm-hmm. that man is, has male pattern baldness. Mm-hmm. I can tell, and he would not have a beautifully glowing white halo of hair in his old age. He would be a patchy, patchy-haired <laughs> man. <laughs> um, so you, you you could you were seeing these like promotional things and i was like oh god please judge, let it just be the cold open please don't let that be for the entire episode that we have to go through this and it also like triggered those um there were those dream sequences with rick from yep. season whatever it was nine exactly i was like no this is just so lazy this is so lazy um 
and I was really annoyed by this. Uh, I was annoyed watching this entire thing. Um, and let's talk about how annoyed I was at the ending too. But um, I mean, Karen David hasn't had a lot to do this season. Um, it was good that she had some work. Well, <laughs> that's know? no, that's the thing. I would have loved to see more of her doing. Like, I don't know why they needed to do some crazy dream thing like this. Like, they could have just really made this about her going to try to get to uh um to june to try to deliver this kid delivering um, a baby in a in a post-apocalyptic scenario is already terrifying that also enough. has zombies that is yeah that is loaded with tension and drama right and then lupin riley and his gang of heavies coming after them that's all you needed yeah you didn't need to do this but okay this is where they go with this um and you know and then you also have morgan giving up the the key for because based on her dreams yeah really she's like do it i mean she sounded pretty serious yeah but (laughs) but she's also in labor and when the when the woman having contractions is screaming at you let me tell you you do the thing that she's telling you okay but i don't know (laughs) you're talking about the survival of their group and and this seems just totally insane to me that 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 morgan would do this um in his defense it doesn't have like a nuclear symbol on the key i think it just says like do not duplicate like they had they got it made at a locksmith Mm. Um, but in any case, but he does know that they're after something. Yeah. He, he does know that they're after something. That he's already killed multiple people. Or who two, are trying to get three. this. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I just don't know that I buy that Morgan would allow this. Um, but okay. I also don't know that I would buy that Riley would leave them alone after getting it. Um, so. But, right. He's just like, good luck. <laughs> because Riley's not actually such a bad guy. I don't know. I, he feels like a pretty bad guy. He feels pretty bad. But, um, uh, but let's let's talk more about this dream, which I don't want to do. But I there don't are some either. things. In it. So we meet Athena, who is this you know clearly the daughter of Grace, and uh, they are walking through this pink. All the all the leaves are pink, right? Like you're like, okay, yeah, it's a dream. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all happening. They so Athena is 16. They go back to. Lake Town or whatever they're calling Morgan's community. And honestly, I'm just like, yeah, the improvements that you've made in 16 years? Not so much. Pretty pretty weak. Yep. Like that's six months worth of improvements. They Okay, they put some stairs in along the wall of the embankment. They did some paths and some like raised beds and they have a new wall uh, outside of the dam wall. But like that's it. That's all we see. From, yep. And there's a corral of horses. But come on 16 years i would i would like to see some actual buildings i feel like yeah it felt it still felt very bare bones um so there you go and some of the promotional stuff was like what will morgan's community look like in the future i'm like oh really it's just raised beds like you put in some walkways right awesome it's, yeah um and then there's the whole thing where he doesn't recognize her and i don't know why this is happening and it's like <laughs> That whole thing, and uh-huh. I mean, I think it was pretty clear, at least to me, that it what it it was not a real thing. That there was some kind of something going on. It did um, some work to age up some of the characters. June, I think, actually looked pretty good for yeah, June plus looked, sixteen years. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, was all Daniel. Right. I feel like would just be in a wheelchair. Yeah, at this, at sixteen years after where he is, after all the beatings he's taken. And, uh, I mean, some of this is in the dream, I guess. Strand is also an old man. But then up come Sherry and Dwight. Who have not aged at all. They haven't aged at all. And she's got an infant in her arms. And I'm like, she's like 30-something in the in the plot. How are we? She's just like a 47-year-old having babies in mm-hmm. the apocalypse. No hospitals anywhere nearby. Right, right. So, it's kind of insane. Yeah, so there's that. Um and then there's, you know, the whole the whole thing that they always do in these things, like what's real, what's not. Um, you know, this is all built out of, um, you know, uh, her um, Grace's memories and her weird subcon, like her subconscious, and um, she has these adventures with her daughter. She's still trying to find Morgan. They have a Roy Orbison thing that's kind of tying it all together. The song's yes. called In Dreams, um, or whatever it is. And um, Shambliss and Goldberg's obsession with music, it, I, I'm not loving. I, I've never loved it, uh, be- mostly because it's always felt shoehorned in yeah. with Daniel's character. And with hers... Even more so. Uh, yeah. It's just like, yeah, I don't think... I mean, 
And what Walkman is going to be working 27 right. years after not the not just what Walkman, but what tape will play. We all had those tapes when we were yeah. kids. Like, we yeah. all know that those things definitely deteriorate. They're not going to be working at this point. They're barely working now. So, yeah, that seemed a little stupid to me. Um, uh, and then, you know, and then there's, like, the whole, you know, tragedy of, of Athena and... the that she's um, that she's born still, and you know that feels pretty awful. Um, this entire progression for them to like get closer to the geographical area where Morgan has her body in the real world—it's just like the fact that she's so aware of exactly what's going on, yeah. like she's locked in or whatever, or yeah. locked out. Yeah, that that was frustrating. Obviously, this whole thing was frustrating. Morgan does kick some serious ass in that stable, and I was really happy to see that. But that Me was too. like 45 seconds of payoff for this entire episode. Yeah, and then, minutes. you know, and then there's the whole like thing where she's dealing with stuff in the dream world. And there were way too many moments where she was just like, oh, I can hear him. Can't you hear him? I can hear him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like that whole thing was just like ridiculous and overplayed. Ho- yeah. Holly was sitting next to me while I watched this um, because we'd watched some Bridgerton. And then as a reward, <laughs> I got to watch I got to watch Fear the Walking Dead. And she's looking at her phone and I'm like, and then she hears every so often a snippet of dialogue where Karen David t- says to this woman, this woman who's playing her daughter, we have to get there so that you can be born. And Holly's mm-hmm. just fucking laughing. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so glad that you could be here to witness the show that I used to like being just completely terrible. Off the and rails, she, yeah. And of course her response is, hasn't this show been terrible for a long time? And I was like, you're absolutely right. Uh, I don't know. I have no defense anymore. Yep. No, there's no defense for this. Uh, Bill caught, not this one, but part of the last one. It was just like, what is even happening anymore in this show? In like, the holding? Yeah, he just saw you. I think he caught the thing with the dude, uh, the walker who's just sort of like tied to the tree branch or whatever, and kind of yeah. made the same comment and just was like, all right, I'm going to go leave you to this because he just can't even, he can't even be in the background watching this kind of stuff. So, and by um, the way, I was wrong. It was the last the episode before this. I've just kind of already blocked it out of my mind because I didn't want to remember it. it was Handle with Care, where Daniel has his amnesia and the, oh, the guns. Oh, that's right. That's right. All which right. was also a bad episode. Also bad, but. Again. But the holding, the holding by comparison was like a seven. I mean, handle with care, I think, was a three. In dreams is a zero. To oh me. yeah, yeah, this is pretty bad. I'm very curious to see what everybody else disagrees with us about this, and they probably all love it. Oh, but I God, hate yeah, this Forbes thing. is going to be like, in dreams was a masterful. Yeah, look no, no, at the this human is psyche. this is terrible. Anytime, uh, like, and I realized what kind of an episode this was within seconds of it starting and i said oh man not a dream episode it's going to be a, a short little oh and then she's going to wake up and it's going to be real again but yeah no. that's what i was hoping and when they made the whole thing this i was just like oh this is so lazy so lazy and then really depressing in terms of like what they did with it so um i just you know um the whole thing where the a community and also look let's also be you know i guess this is maybe the whole idea like i think every parent thinks their child is special every parent thinks their child is going to um and in this case save the world um there's been an enormous amount of risk and stress carrying this baby because of her um uh, basically because of how the dad died and also what she had to do to keep everybody safe in that power station um but then to have it end in this way, I just thought was really kind of gross um, that they would do it's, this. It, I feel like the tragedy is worthwhile. And, and, and it's it's kind of like it's the sort of thing that should be. Yeah, like a, there's going to be a whole lot more child infant mortality and maternal, uh, you know, pregnant. I forget what the uh, doctor, you know, the medical term is, but women dying in childbirth. Yeah. And this should be something that we see a lot more of. Right. Because this is old school, like ways that people died, like teeth, you know, mm-hmm. which we've talked about before. Um, another thing. Yeah. Like the there are some shots of her baby daddy in this episode. I don't think we've ever seen this guy no. before, Matthew. No, I think we saw a photo of him on the thing. And that was, was there it. a photo on the fridge. I think that, that was one it. Episode? Or there was something like that. Um, and I don't know. Like, is this old footage or is this something that they've shot for this episode? It's kind of, I'm, I'm pretty curious because there's a few different scenes of the guy, like inside, outside, dying, not yeah. dying. Um, we, and then 
we also the, they bring back the specter of the radiation poisoning, which had been central to whatever season that was. When, remember when Morgan Stick with Sue irradiated to use? Oh, yeah. And then, and then they somehow bring her back. To, like, I'm just saying, like, I think she would be long dead. Let's just put it that way with the amount that she got exposed. Um, and they didn't know. She didn't know if it was radiation poisoning or morning sickness for the right, longest time. Right, right. And, like this whole thing. And I'm just like, no, that was bad when you did that. Do not bring back the radiation. Yeah, let's stuff. not do you it. Clearly, this. you threw out that entire plot line. Mid season, whenever that was a thing, and now they brought it back, and I'm like, no, and now you're one of no. Um, and uh, what I was going to say is that like every parent thinks their child, but then to have yeah. the whole thing where like the whole thing is that oh, everybody rallied around Athena. What are you even talking about? Like, like nobody's Raleigh rally- and Sherry rallied around this baby who was born somewhere near them. Yeah, like, that like yeah. what? Like that doesn't even make sense. Um, Athena's birth was what got Sherry and Dwight back together. Right? Like I don't really even understand <laughs> that. Other than this is just sort of the delusions <laughs> of a parent which is you know i guess fine hey my my children are perfect well there you go except um, my son woke me up at twelve thirty last night with a flashlight in my face really it's just you know family stuff man fun <laughs> good times <laughs> uh parents anyway um he's gonna bring the whole community together ha i mean clearly clearly that's sleep that's deprivation his, that's his goal um, but, um, in any case, that's, you know, I don't have much more to say about this no, other than, else. other than, you know, I guess we'll find out more about the key in the next one and what they're gonna, what destruction they're gonna deal with. But next episode is called JD and it is directed by Aisha Tyler, if Wikipedia is to be believed. So I have, I want to be hopeful. I want to believe. Hmm. I'm very much on a string about to say to you, let's not watch Fear the Walking Dead anymore. You know? Ooh, maybe, maybe. We might have to, do, but I think we need to finish out this season. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, after this, after this season. Because if they end on five or four solid episodes, then I'll be like, okay, yeah, it's better. But there's just been a lot of stinkers this week. Yep, this has been pretty rough. And I can't excuse it all because of COVID, because we have seen instances where that has not been a, a factor. So yeah, like four out of most, I would say, eighty-five percent of, of, of the of the prime shows, uh, clearly COVID shot extra episodes were were really good. So yeah, we even like the one that everybody else hated. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, we're nerds. Um, Apparently, but... we are very forgiving, but not of this show because this is like objectively terrible. Yep. Um, well, we knew when John Dory died that that was probably going to be what happened. Um, but um, I so I think that's all I have to say about this. I'd love to hear what other people have to say. So, uh, you know, if you did love it and you're, you're kind of like coming in against us on this, I would love to hear why. Um, also, if you're into dream episodes of shows, because I'm just not. Um, if, but feel free to drop us a line on our on our website reanimatedpodcast.com you can send us an email reanimatedpodcast.gmail.com or you can tweet at us reanimatedpcast is the handle um, and that's you know and join us for the next dumpster fire episode I suppose <laughs> no, it, it's gonna be great I, well I can't actually promise that but, but yeah join we, us again next time if we have low expectations then we may not be disappointed how's that Sure. So. Okay. Um, but until next time, ciao, and thanks for listening. Thank you, guys, and bye. <laughs>